Shio and hello everyone. It is Nat back here on the pod. I know it's been a little bit, but we're back. Um, it's been a crazy couple of months. I'm getting settled into a new job out back here in Oregon at Linfield College. Uh, check it out if you haven't. We're doing some really cool things in our sport management program, and I'm really looking forward to getting involved in the, with the Native community out here in Oregon. Uh, that said, some really cool stuff still going on back home in my home community of Cherokee. I'll be sure to keep you guys updated as that stuff progresses. But I wanted to get right into the pod. I had a really great guest, Tyler Jones, who is just kind of a, a multimedia uh, just maven. He is all over the place working uh, with Indian Sports, his own radio show in Lawrence, Kansas, podcast, all that good stuff. I'm going to put a link here in the pod so you can access all his stuff and his work because he is just got a great perspective, um, super cool guy to talk to. And without further ado, I'm going to let you jump right into it. Enjoy this episode. And as always, rate, subscribe, and let us know who you want to hear from. Shiki. So I wanted to start with, uh, can you just kind of describe how you uh, would describe yourself and the role that you do now? I know you're involved in a lot of different things, so I would just love to give people an idea of uh, who Tyler Jones is. <laughs> I kind of ask myself that question every day. <laughs> seems, uh, there's a number of things I do. Uh, my primary job, I work for a KLWN radio in, uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, as a morning drive host. And, uh, I mean, that's a great opportunity because I get to, you know, share my thoughts and opinions on the world, you know, every single day and, and uh, get to cover, you know, the University of Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs, and Royals, and Sporting KC, and, and a NASCAR Kansas Speedway, and several different things. So uh, that's what I do each and every weekday morning, and then do another show on Saturdays as well. Yeah, do that six days a week. That's awesome. And uh, also work uh, part time for uh, IndianSports.com, covering uh, Native athletes as a, uh, a contributor, and uh, get the chance to profile different uh, Native American sports athletes around the country, and, and I get a chance to chat with them and just uh, give them attention. You know let people in Indian country know who they are and what they're doing and, and then besides that I also do a weekly podcast the uh, Jones Report uh, each and every week where uh, we're talking about sports within our area and having a different guest on from somewhere each and every week whether it be local or national or uh, broadcaster or you know an athlete of some sorts it's uh, always fun to do that and then uh, on top of that, I also do play-by-play, high school football, do that my goodness. Uh, every Friday night as well. So, so I guess game, my question should have been, uh, what what don't you do? <laughs> right, yeah. There's some weeks where I work seven days in a week. Uh, I did last week where I had uh, six days of shows, and then the Chiefs played on Sunday, so that's right. seven days right there. So wow. um, it's crazy, but I love what I do, so... It's not work to me, you know. I mean, yeah. my, my mom, she's always concerned, like, man, you're going to, I hope you don't you know, wear yourself out too much. And I'm like, well, the, the difference between me and somebody else and, you know, that's working six or seven days a week is that I enjoy what I do. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
why would we watch sports at home anyway? Might as well just be there and get paid to be there. Absolutely. So it's, uh, it's a pleasure. That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah, I love how you're involved in just so much and you have your own podcast. So I have to plug that for sure. That's great. Uh, but what about uh, growing up? What was your what was your kind of obviously you're super into sports. Did you play sports? Um, what was your kind of introduction to sports growing up? Yeah, I played sports growing up. Uh, I wasn't the best athlete by any means, but I always enjoyed talking about sports. And uh, so by the time I realized that, you know, I wasn't going to be moving up in the uh, sports world per se, I I knew that I could still be involved by talking about it. So my first paid gig, actually, uh, in sports broadcasting was when I was 16 years old. My high school hired me uh, my junior year to uh, call about 40 different sporting events a year on a live video stream. We did our own in-house broadcast. That's awesome. And that was my job in high school. I've never worked a job outside of media. Um, I've had all sorts of opportunities doing these things ever since, you know, back then. And uh, so that's kind of my way into it. I've always been, you know, primarily... You know, above anything else, big college football fan, being from Oklahoma, you know, football's king, and we don't have an NFL team. Yeah. And so, you know, I grew up just loving college football, and I still do to this day. But, um, you know, I love it all from, you know, the National Football League is really, you know, I always was an NFL fan, but not like I am now covering the league. You know, I've followed close, more closely than I ever have before. You know, I've always been big into the NBA, college basketball. MLB, uh, golf, NASCAR, um, I mean, just all over the place. I mean, I, yeah. I would say that, you know, if I if I didn't do what I was doing, I would still be watching sports around the clock all the time because uh, I, I, I just enjoy it so much. It's, it's, right. a, it's a passion, but it's also an entertainment value as well. Yeah, absolutely. Has it ever kind of turned, like, has it, I used to have a professor who would always say, like, don't follow, or, like, don't work for the team that you love, because it'll ruin it for you. Have you ever had that experience where it kind of, maybe you saw something behind the scenes that maybe turned you off, or kind of changed your fandom in any way? Yeah, I've had those experiences before. I I won't name names, (laughs) but, you know, when, when you get into get into the business anyway of covering things you're supposed to be impartial and look at things, look at things objectively All so right. you know it took a while a little bit to adjust but after a while it, it got to a point for me where you know covering the teams I rooted for was not a big deal because I'd already done it previously or in some other aspects in fact there's times where I find myself the team that I may have been a fan of growing up if I'm covering them Mentally in my head, I'm thinking, you know, if they lose, this actually wouldn't be a bad thing because that'll be a more interesting story. Because what I've become a fan of now is a fan of the story. I want the most interesting situation that we can possibly think of. Sometimes that is a fight to break out during a game or, you know, a suspension of some sort. Sometimes it's a feel-good story, whatever. That's what I cheer for more than anything else is the story and what's the best possible outcome for me, whether it's, you know, getting to go on a road trip of some sorts or whatever, that's what I find myself rooting for is uh, is the best story to come out of a situation. 
Yeah, absolutely. I totally 100% agree with you. And I think, um, and add to that real quick. Yeah. Um, in, in the same aspect, when, when I make an opinion, you know, on air or something, um, I mean, yes, I want to give, I, I'm going to give my most honest opinion possible, but my job first and foremost is to be interesting. It's, mm. uh, you know, if, if I make a prediction on a sporting event and I'm wrong, that's not the end of the world. That's not reporting. That's a totally different thing. Yeah. If I'm wrong on a prediction, that's okay. I'm paid to be interesting, not not right all the time. You know, I mean, you, you got to find that aspect of you know, entertaining. I try to do two things every day. I want to entertain and I want to inform. And if I've done those two things, it's been a successful day in the office. Yeah, and you see it with, you know, it's so interesting now with social media and how there's kind of this divide between, you know, traditional journalism and that objective reporting versus, you know, opinionated storytelling and and just like trying, you know, hot take and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's an interesting balance. I think that you have to kind of walk that line and know when you want to go out there and go for, you know go for the story so that's that's awesome so did you, you grow up in Oklahoma right did you grow up in like a native community was that what, what was that like I did not uh, as uh, I tell most folks I, I was raised white <laughs> uh, I was not around it uh, much at all my parents uh, were you know my, my mom she she's native but she didn't really know her biological dad who uh, she got her native ancestry from gotcha and so that kind of distanced distance ourselves from that not by choice she just wasn't raised around it. absolutely um, and so later on in life you know my, my parents really encouraged my sister and I to really you know dive into our heritage more and find out some things my mom really just went on a search to find out more about her family history and her heritage and such later on in life. Um, and so, you know, especially when I went to high school for my first few years of college, that's when I really learned so much uh, that I didn't know otherwise. And so it was it was a good balance of sorts. You know, I, I still get to have a really good life, a really good home to grow up in, you know, an, an awesome family, raised in a great community and everything, but at the same time, I've gotten to learn of who I am and those that were there before me and made a way for me to be where I'm at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing that often gets overlooked is that we don't really get to choose how we grow up in our traditions. You know, we don't, especially your mom, you know, not knowing her dad and you don't get, it's not like she had a choice of like, oh, I'm going to live this way or not. You know, it's so it's, it's, and it's, then it's up to us as adults, like how we want to identify and how, um, we, we choose to, you know, kind of walk that path. How did you decide to go to high school then? Well, I uh, was actually, I haven't told very many people this, but I was originally going to go to Oklahoma State. Um, I had an opportunity to go there, and uh, you know, a couple things just didn't really work out. It was an 11th hour decision, basically, to go to Haskell. And I'm so glad that I did, because I got so much more opportunities at Haskell than I ever would have at Oklahoma State. I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I did. Uh, the doors that were open for me at Haskell and all the people that I met there, the people that I still work with to this day, uh, it was unbelievable. And, you know, it was, uh, at first it was kind of a, a cost thing. You know, I still wanted 
still wanted to be relatively close to home as well, and that was really just the best option for me at the time. And I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did because uh, it, it was just one of those things that um, you didn't know going in ahead of time, but there was, you know, there, there was a, a plan and a purpose there, uh, you know, that, you know, the good Lord was looking over me, you know, just had, you know, hand and, and prayer that I didn't really even know about at the time, you know, just, you know, I was very grateful looking back and, and thankful for the way things just worked out but the way that they did. And uh, I wouldn't trade it. Um, you know, if I had to do it over again, I would go back and do it the exact same way and go to high school again. And uh, very just honored that uh, things uh, worked out the way they were. And then when I went to KU, I still kept all my connections with high school and maybe even grew more so yeah. uh, in that regard. And I find myself, uh, you know, still working with Haskell and promoting that university as much as anybody around here. And my ties to them and that camp is just as strong as ever. Right. No, that's so great. And I, so, so we got a little scoop here, huh? So were you, are you an Oklahoma, Oklahoma state fan? Is there like, do you have a strong connection to one or the other? Or is it just how you were considering? So I, school? Grew, so I grew up an OU fan oh, and okay. uh, I was a big Sooner fan. My mom went there. Um, you know, that, that was a big deal. And, uh, you know, I, I, for academic reasons, I was going to go to OSU and, uh, you know, that just didn't, there was some stuff that didn't work out, some things behind the scenes and such. And uh, so that's how that I ended up at, at, uh, at, at Haskell. But, you know, it would have been hard, actually, looking back to put on that orange after all those years of, of uh, rooting on OU and everything and being an OU fan growing up. But now that uh, you know, those years are so far behind, you know, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm objective and impartial now. Uh, the thing I do root for, though, if, if I were to have a rooting interest of some sorts, from going to Kansas, from covering the Big 12 at large, and uh, you know that university and those Big 12 schools, I do want to see Big 12 schools succeed. I'll say that much. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's good for our bottom line, and that's good for KU. It's good for OU. It's good for OSU, everybody involved. If the Big 12 as a whole is doing good, even Texas, and that would have paid me to say a few years ago. <laughs> you know, seeing Texas do well, but it, it, at the end of the day, if any of those 10 teams are winning, that's good news for everybody else. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's so funny. I, you, you can always rock some orange. I'm Tennessee. You know we're all about the orange. You don't have to worry about well, that. I got, I got family uh, from Tennessee, and uh, some of them are diehard Tennessee fans, but Basically, the way the football program has been, been going as of late, uh, it's it, it kind of hard to jump on that train right now. I mean, we deal with enough bad football in Lawrence. I don't know if I can handle seven Knoxville. Yeah, we'll we'll just we'll just skip right over that for now. Um, it's hard it's <laughs> it's hard to be a diehard fan right now. Is all I have to say. But uh, but so, what was that like going to high school? And I can't even imagine being surrounded by you know just native people native athletes and i'm guessing you got involved with covering them there in high school um what was there anything that stood out to you as far as um native athletes in particular it was certainly a culture shock it was not what i had prepared for by any means i had expected that i would just go to high school and it would be like pretty much any other school you know that there wasn't going to be a difference of some sorts but 
in actuality, there was a sense of community there that I had not anticipated, that everybody is watching everything you do at any time, uh, good or bad, all eyes are on you, and people know each other in some way, shape, or form, and everybody's there, somebody's got a connection to Indian country all across the world, and it's a pretty unique thing. And, you know, going there, I learned so much from the people around me and, you know, these native athletes. It's, it's so interesting because it's such a, a wide mesh. You have some native athletes that really want to open up, that really want to get word out about what they're doing and, and you know, where they come from and such. Then others, and this might be their first time off the reservation being at Haskell. This mm-hmm. is a whole new deal for them. Uh, that they're not used to this, that not only are they trying to play a sport and such, but now you're going to tell them you're going to live in Lawrence, Kansas, just about 45 minutes outside of Kansas City. Uh, you're going to you know, play basketball in front of decent crowds, actually, for an NAIA school, and right. you got all these people around them. It, it's a big shock for them, so they're adjusting accordingly themselves. And so you have to step back a bit and look, you know, into their their shoes, into their eyes for a second and just kind of relate to them and where they come from and such. So it's very different in that regard compared to if you're covering, you know, any other school of some sort. So I can go down, up and down the road to KU and, you know, 12 of their players might all be from big cities across the U.S. and and they've been profiled their entire high school career. Yeah, watch them closely and such. Uh, they're used to that. They're some media trained, like yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. Some of these you know, kids that go to Haskell or maybe even D1 kids that come from reservations and such, it's a culture shock. It's a big difference, and there's an adjustment period for them to go through. So you have to consider that and take that into account uh, when you're discussing uh, things with them that, you know, there's, there's this sense of, and it's not just in Native communities. This happens around the country now is that people have this idea that the media is the enemy of mm. some sorts, that the media yeah. is bad. Yeah. And in sports, I find it really odd. You know, news is one thing, but right. sports in particular, um, you know, we're, we're here to just do a job. We're not here to try to get in your way of doing your job or here to expose you of some sorts. Are there a couple bad apples in our industry? Of course. Absolutely. There is in every industry. Absolutely, But yeah. for the most part, we're here just to do a job and just deliver a message and tell a story of some sorts. And so for you, that athlete, I'm here. What can I do for you and what can you do for me, vice versa, so we both can do our jobs to the best of our abilities and help each other out? You know, you help me, I help you type ordeal, and, you know, everything can play to its benefit and work out well in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is definitely a perception. Like I know like our, our council house for the longest time wouldn't, you know, allow outside media. And it's just at a certain point, it becomes a hindrance more than, you know, a preventative kind of thing. It just, you have to, you have to be able to tell your story to, you know, not just your own tribe and your community, but the outside, you know, outside world. Um, that's, yeah, that's great. So, you're at Haskell, you know, you're kind of, you're in a culture shock and you're meeting all these athletes that are in a culture shock. So I'm sure there's a ton of really great stories. How did you, um, like, did you always know sports journalism was like, your kind of what you wanted to do? Did you have any times where you're like, well, maybe I want to do like be a doctor or, you know, anything like that? 
you know, from when I was in high school on, that's pretty much when I decided that I wanted to go into sports media in some way, shape, or form. Uh, before that, I thought I was going to go into the Navy and be a JAG officer. Mm. And when I realized that, you know, uh, Navy work is a little difficult, it's kind of hard to get into Annapolis. Uh, right. to right. the path of doing something I actually enjoy, something that was easy, you know, and, and, and still staying involved in sports in that aspect. That's what really uh, inspired me is is getting the chance to be around, around sports in that way, shape, or form. This was the best avenue for me to be in the sports world and to do it well was to be involved in the sports media and talk about it too. I could write. I'm not a bad writer, but that's not something that is something I love the most by any means. I enjoy talking about things and, and going in depth. And that's one of the things I love about radio and stuff like this podcast and the podcast I do and other things is that I can sit down for an hour, two, maybe even three hours and, and just dive into something. And we can touch on different angles of that one topic. Sometimes yeah. I've done whole shows, Natalie, where it was just on one topic. We spent three hours on one thing and, and dived into it in a number of different ways, whether it's interviewing different guests. Uh, that's one of the things I love about this, too, is that I've got to meet so many people Absolutely. in all different walks of life, from athletes to media folks to coaches to whoever, uh, to fans, and, and whether it was learning their story or you know, telling theirs, whatever it may be, just making those connections, those things go a long way. And so that's what I love doing is just making connections and, and talking sports and, and going from there. And every day is, uh, is, is a gift. I mean, it is a joy to do what I do. And I, I remind myself when there are bad days, you know, if something doesn't go right, there's a technical issue of some sorts, I say, well, you know, at least I'm not working an office job right now. Absolutely. For my bad day to be this, it's very minimal compared to what I could be doing where, you know, this, in some aspects, you know, my bad day could be my every day in a number of jobs out there. I mean, this is not work uh, to do what I do. I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a lot of fun, and I, I want to trade it for the world, just hoping to maybe move on up a little bit further up the ladder of some sorts, but... Other than that, everything is uh, exactly how I would want it to be. Yeah, absolutely. So while you kind of alluded to that, is there, do you have like dreams of being like national or going to any like big outlets? Like, are you going to be doing your, why I'm joining the athletic soon piece? Is there any, do you have those aspirations or what, what's, what are you thinking about long-term? Yeah, I would love to work for a national outlet. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, the dream scenario would be I would love one day to have a nationally syndicated radio show that's simulcasted on TV. Uh, mm-hmm. Something like what you see with Dan Patrick or Colin Calvert or something of that sort. That would be my dream to just walk in every day and build talk sports for two or three hours a day to a radio audience, but also to be in your homes as well. That would be ideal, and then do some play-by-play with it as well. The calls are major events, and you know I, I love doing play-by-play and calling the events I do. But I don't want to just settle for you know some good events. I want to call some of the best events out there, whether it's you know Super Bowls or college football playoff games or you know the NBA Finals, whatever it may be. I want to be around some of these major events, and that's one of the things I love doing now is I love to be on the 
where things are happening. Uh, I don't like to just sit back and watch from home. If I can be at a big event, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to work and report on it, whether it's you know Chiefs games or you know, KU games or NASCAR races or you know Royal Sporting KC, whatever. If they have a big event that's going on, you better believe I'm going to be there, and I'm going to cover it. People are know I'm going to be there and establish my name with that of some sort. So that's what I want to do is I want to make a name for myself, and I want to leave uh, something big, something people recognize that they can say, they can point to. If it's a big event, Tyler Jones is there. Yeah, absolutely. Is there Has there been like a moment where you've been either at a bigger event or – just been on a bigger assignment where you've maybe met someone or been starstruck or had a moment where you're like, whoa, I've, 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 I've like made it. Have you had one of those type of moments? I've had a couple of those moments. I can remember the first NFL game I covered. I was 18 years old and uh, the Chiefs played the Jets and it was my freshman year at Haskell. Again, wow. not knowing that opportunity was going to come like it did, you know, going in ahead of time. Yeah. And I remember taking a picture and, and you know, on, on the field and sending it to my mom and said, Mama, I made it. Uh, yes. That was, a, that was a big day. Yeah. And, you know, stuff like that has happened since then, all sorts of things I've gotten to cover. This past year alone, I've traveled more this year than I have uh, any other year in my life. You know, making trips for you know, work-related things to the Daytona 500, uh, to L.A. for the Indigenous Bowl, going to New York, Minneapolis, went to the NCAA tournament in Salt Lake City, uh, went to Kentucky for the uh, KU-Kentucky game this year. I put a lot of miles on my car. Yeah. And, uh, you know, gone on a lot of different flights and trips and stuff, but I wouldn't trade it. It's uh, been an incredible experience, and hopefully the best is yet to come. Yeah, so are you in Kansas City? Is there, Are you kind of home base in Kansas City now? Is that home base for you? Yeah, I'm just right outside of Kansas City in Lawrence. Yeah. And uh, I, I go to, I'm in KC at least twice a week, it seems. Um, but bouncing around between here and there, it's, uh, it's a great place to be. And right in the middle of the country, too. Uh, yeah. We're not far from anything. And there's a lot happening in this area alone. Yeah. And the people are just so incredible. They're such great sports fans to begin with. It certainly helps. One of the things I enjoy about this market, Nat, is that the people are passionate. There's some mm-hmm. places you go around the country, it would be hard to do a talk radio show if no one cares about sports. Mm-hmm. And that's just simply not the case here. And you, you look at the numbers, the, the Royals have been really bad baseball-wise the last couple of years. And they're still one of the top three markets in local TV ratings for Major League Baseball. It's unreal. Yeah. Um, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, it's Mahomes crazy around here. Mm-hmm. KU basketball is, you know, with Allen Fieldhouse, one of the nuttiest atmospheres in the country. I mean, it just helps to be in a place that loves and appreciates their teams. And they're, they're passionate. They, they show up. They, they support. Um, if you're good. It doesn't matter what it is, people are going to care about it. Sporting KC uh, had even a down year this year, and yet their attendance was incredible. The U.S. Women's National Team had some incredible watch parties at the uh, Kansas City uh, Power and Light District this uh, past year, and I firmly believe that Kansas City is going to get a couple World Cup games in 2026 because of how much support they've shown 
for soccer and making themselves the soccer capital of the U.S. I mean, it's just a great sports area all around. It doesn't even matter what the sport is. People care and they're passionate about it, and it's really neat to be a part. Yeah, that's so awesome. I can just, I love you just... I can hear the excitement in your voice, and it just gets me pumped. I'm like, I'm ready to come out for a game. Um, do you have any concerns? I'm thinking I'm so fascinated by like the media landscape and where things are going, and obviously podcasting is huge now. Do you have any like concerns as far as like you know maybe the kind of talk radio kind of thing f- being phased out, or how do you how do you kind of stay on top of that kind of stuff? Are you kind of I know I'm always reading you know the latest on you know Facebook and all the streaming stuff, um, but is that something you kind of keep uh, top of mind? Absolutely, you have to you have to stay ahead of the curve when there's a new social media platform that pops up. I try to get on it as quickly as possible. And I'm not necessarily posting right away. I might want to see how it works and learn to utilize it first. But I want to be on top of things and try to get ahead of what exactly is going on. I think that, for example, with radio, radio and TV, local radio and local TV both, are always going to be there because there's no one else that's going to provide that same type of content that your local TV and local radio station can't provide. No one else can do that. Uh, Your national network is not going to give you the local news that's happening in your neighborhood down the street. That's just not going to happen. So that's good in itself. Absolutely. There could be a reduction in the number of jobs there is, but there there always will be there. I think podcasting is a huge part of the future uh, listening to radio anywhere you go in some capacity. I don't know if we're going to be listening to AM radio 10 years from now. Right. I don't even listen to AM radio that often. My station actually just launched FM simulcast within the last year or two, and I can't remember the last time I listened to our station on the AM dial, to be honest. Right. Um, I don't know how much longer AM radio is going to last, but radio will be around in some shape or form in the future, whether it's exclusively on FM or whether it's online of some sorts in some way shape or form your local radio station will be around yeah what we have to continue to do is is just jump out ahead on these things be willing to be flexible and try new things and i know that it's it's hard for some of these businesses especially now in this day and age with media is more and more owned by corporations instead of local companies they're afraid to take risks and we have to be willing to take risks and try new things to see if they work. And if they don't, so be it. You move on and you try to go back to do things the old way or do something different. I think that the moment that we get settled and stagnant, we fall behind to somebody that's doing things in another way, some shape or form. So I'm always looking at, you know, what can I do better at my job? Yeah. And what can I do to help other people improve in theirs, too? What can we do as a collective unit to go forward in the right direction? And and that's what I'm looking to improve and always open to new ideas. One of the things that I look at that is, think about the, the case for precedent. People, There's a lot of people out there that love precedent. Mm. And it always drives me crazy because yeah. the idea with precedent is that you continue to do something because you've always done it. Yeah. And every time I hear that, I'm like, well, who's to say that you were doing it the right way all that yeah. time? 
Sports uh, is kind of famous I mean, for that you, too. It might be right. Yeah, it might, you, that might be the president president you've been doing, but it doesn't mean you were doing it right all that time. Who's to say that there wasn't room for improvement or that it was wrong the entire way? We have to be willing to grow and stretch ourselves and you know, try something new to see if there's a better way of doing things. And this way, a wave of technology and such. There's going to be new options out there. There's going to be more competition. And I think more of a free market and media, more options, is a better win for the viewer, for the listener. If there's more ways for them to be a part and see things, it's great. You know, Nowadays, it doesn't take a whole lot for somebody to be a part of the media now with bloggers mm-hmm. and, and you know, social media and different things. If you want to get in this business... There's no reason why you can't find a way to get started tomorrow. And I know that the old curmudgeons, you know, hate that type of thing, but realistically, it's great that you don't have to wait on somebody else to give you an internship of some sorts. If you're passionate about this industry, you can start tomorrow and get after it and see if this is really for you. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I was just thinking they let me uh, go on behalf of Indian sports to the Cal North Texas game. And, you know, it's just, it's just wild how you get that, you know, it's, you can get that access and you can be right there on the field. And um, it really is, it's, it's a world open to everyone. And I, uh, yeah, I just, it's just a really, it's an interesting time, I think, to be in media and sports media, and especially with the kind of juxtaposition with politics and all the other issues that are kind of going on in our worlds. Um, and it's not for everybody either. Right. I mean, it, it really isn't. You, you really, uh, you look at some of these people, most folks that graduate with a journalism or communications degree, within two years, they're either out of the business altogether or they're going to be in it for another 20 years. I mean, that's what this comes down to is uh, you either are going to love this thing or you're going to hate this thing. And you're going to learn pretty quickly one way or the other if this business is for you. And the sooner that you get involved and try doing stuff, you know, whether it's just a blog or uh, you know, start you know, you know, getting out and covering events, whatever it is, the sooner that you can find that answer and really see if this is what you want to do or not. Absolutely, absolutely, for sure. So I, uh, so a little belated uh, Indi- Happy Indigenous Peoples Day to you as well. Uh, yesterday, yes, you too. Was a was a you fun. Had a great blog, by the way. That Thank I shared you. with my buddy Steve from the NFL Network, and, and I could not just believe how detailed it was in your personal story. Um, if people have not read this, I highly recommend. I retweeted in my Twitter too. You did a great job with that. I hope more people read it too because it's it's well worth. Oh, thank you. No, it's it's been on my mind for. I mean, it's it's been a constant issue. I've you know growing up and going to a native high school with a native mascot, and when we were asked if we should get rid of our own mascot, and then just you know throughout life, just my whole learning and my perspective really changing on on things. I I wonder with uh, with you, especially covering the Chiefs, um, how what what has kind of been your relationship with that with that issue. Yeah, it's a a great question, and I think it all comes down to how you respect and honor those around you, you know, the the folks that are apart, per se. The the thing with Washington that I think has really uh, drove people the wrong way, and I'd be curious what you think about this, Nat, 
is that there's been nothing in their regard that has been, you know, hey, we want to educate ourselves and do what's right, that we want to go about this and, you know, promote Native Americans in a positive light, put themselves out there. It hasn't been that way at all. With the Chiefs, are they perfect? Absolutely not. I wish the Tomahawk Chalk would end tomorrow. Right. Uh, I really do. But to their credit, the Chiefs have made a concentrated effort to reach out to Native American communities. They have promoted them extremely well, giving them a platform from uh, tribes in Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, uh, Missouri, just letting them tell their stories. And, you know, they've discouraged fans from wearing headdresses and stuff like that. The Chiefs' name isn't even about Indians. There was a, their first owner had a nickname, Chief, and it's a generic term. So yeah. they're doing a better job. There's progress being shown. I would like to see progress move along a little quicker and some different things change, but there's progress there. With Washington, there's no progress at all. With Atlanta, you know, getting rid of, you know, you're discouraging Tomahawk talk and chopping stuff. That's progress there. That's what you want to see. And I like what you said in your article of, you know, yeah, there's some big issues out there in Native communities in regards to, you know, rapists and criminals and murderers and all different things that we have to do a better job of. Diabetes. I mean, there's a lot of things that we need to direct our attention to, but I don't think it's asking too much for these teams to just show a little respect and appreciation for, you know, these uh for, for our communities and to really let us share our story. That's the thing that I look at in all this is that they, these things, what you can turn them into is an opportunity to go out there and say, hey, we're going to do things. This is our story. This is who we are. This is where we come from. And I think that's the biggest thing that I take away from all this is that as difficult as it may be to be treated in some light, some sorts, I I would like to see more of these opportunities, take advantage of it, to tell our story, to tell where our communities have come from and who they are and what this means to us. That's what I would like to see is you know, let these teams that have made this decision to go this route to, you know, go with these disrespectful names or cheers or whatever. Just stop for a second. Let me tell you about my community. Let yeah. me tell you about my tribe. And then decide what you want to do from there. If you want to continue disrespect, let me at least have a word for a second, a seat at the table. I think that's where it, it starts. We are such a divided country right now. And part of the problem is that we're not talking to each other about issues. We're not talking things out. Absolutely. And we can do so much progress and go such a further way in things like this if we just have a seat at the table and talk about these things and not be you know so naive and ignorant, just be willing to listen for a second. Absolutely. I could not agree more 100% on that. It's, it is... And I think that's a big trouble with racism in general is that people just are so afraid. They tiptoe around these issues and they're afraid to even talk about them. And, you know, I kind people of... People are afraid of change. Oh. People are afraid of change. Yeah. And I get it. Change is not easy. I I, I moved apartments like two months ago and I'm like, hey, uh, yeah. I don't like moving. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the worst. Change is not easy. Yeah. I get that. And then when, when you make the point that... You know, looking at these these teams, 
and they say that, you know, hey, this is our history, this is our tradition. We well, you know what? Our ancestors have much more deeper history and tradition than your sports team does. Yeah. That's and what it comes down to. Yeah. Just tell me about, let me tell you where my people came from and their story, and then see how you feel after that. Yeah, and sports fans aren't dumb. Sports fans are very smart people. They, you know, especially think of sports like baseball where they know they know the analytics inside and out. But and they they're so capable of learning, you know, if you're going to have this, you know, mas- mascot, you should know what these histories are. And it's not, you know, it's not something that's um you can't you can't really get a grasp on and the information's out there and i tell everyone like there's a native community near within like a stone's throw of you i guarantee it you just have to find them and you have to reach out and be engaged and that's not always you know people are like you said scared to change scared uh to offend people and it's such a i think it becomes a real barrier when people are tiptoeing around these things and not not able to really address them and i i talked to actually a guy i can't think of his name right now i talked to a guy who worked for the kansas city star i think it believe the newspaper there and he was talking about all the kind of educational efforts that um kansas the chiefs had gone through and working with high school and working with these communities and and there and there are those people that identify with the like they see something in that is you know and you look at high school with the indians and the mascot you know so there it's just it's such a layered it's such a it's not an easy just get rid of it just you know it's not as clear cut as I think a lot of people want it to be and um, especially when you mentioned Washington and that's that really is the the you know most blatant and the kind of most offensive not just because of the what they ha- their representation but just the way they act around it and they try to manipulate tribes they did it to my own tribe where they try to kind of give them money to kind of get their approval and not really try to educate or really become knowledgeable about tribal people and they're you know they'll they'll put us put them up there in the box like a token but they're not really not really showing they really care or invested so um that's the thing too it's 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 so it's not as easy as just you know wipe the slate clean and all that but um and then from the branding side obviously it's a huge you know it's a huge for some people maybe an opportunity but a huge also maybe especially you think about high schools if they're having to change names like that's a lot of money that goes into new uniforms and new all kinds of things so it's just a very i I keep telling people i could teach a a semester-long course on this because it's just such a deep intense topic and you're not gonna solve it in a day and so i i really appreciate your your perspective and i'm sure it's so funny i i got so sick and the reason i started my phd was because everything out there in the academic literature about native americans was about the mascot issue there was nothing about actual native american athletes and it was so frustrating to me i was like i don't want to talk about it but now it's like it's a really you know it is a a good sounding board and it's a good um kind of way to represent some of the bigger issues that are going on in indian country but yeah so um so yeah so i i really appreciate your perspective and um i i think yeah i'm i'm with you it's like just the education piece and because there and there's part of me that wonders you know if they got rid of them completely would people even know about native americans you know it would be that old you know thanksgiving story you know it would revert to that where we're still kind of people of the past and not actual you know current living human beings and um yeah so i and i'm curious uh 
with your work with Indian sports and native athletes. Um, what it, I, I see, you know, a lot of people, people always ask me like, well, why, what's the, what's the barriers? And a lot of times it is, you know, it's a hard for a lot of kids coming from community, certain communities, but, um, opportunity I think is another big barrier and just getting people to consider, you know, looking outside, maybe their normal 5A school, you know, you know, pr- primary, predominantly white institutions kind of thing. Um, do you have any thoughts around that on native athletes and how maybe we can better set them up for success? Yeah, I think communication is huge. Uh, I was just actually talking to Haskell's interim president, uh, Dan Wildcat, just a couple days ago. And uh, I told him, I said, look, one of the problems at your university right now, and I said, as much as I love Haskell, you know, if you love something, you got to be tough on it, too. Tough on the real thing. And one of the problems with Haskell right now is you guys, you know, from my point, my perspective as a media person, you are not communicating with me of what is going on on your campus. Therefore, I cannot tell people about what's going on at your campus. You need to do a better job of communicating with me of what's going on. And I think that can be said for all of Indian country for the most part, that yeah. a lot of the problems as far as getting these kids recruited or getting their tapes out there and everything is that people are kind of just expecting that, hey, one day some recruiter is going to just go show up and offer a scholarship one day. It's 2019, folks. Anybody can make a video on their phone and put a huddle tape together. Absolutely. And all of a sudden you got a highlight tape that you can send out to you know, all sorts of different schools around the country and about any different sport and then go from there and get, you know, you know, visits and possibly scholarship offers and everything. There's just no excuse now. You have every opportunity to put your kids and put your athletes out there on a high level for them to be exposed, to get out there. And I think that a lot of people are behind in technology or, you know, they're hesitant on communicating with the outside world or different things like that that they're missing opportunity. They're missing these doors. And we mentioned, you know, there's a lot of Indian kids, you know, native kids that get forgotten about. In actuality, there's a lot of everybody that gets forgotten about. White kids, black kids, Asian kids. There's not enough recruiters just to go around offering scholarships. There's a lot of kids that just get overlooked in general. And so there's got to be a better job, you know, in these native communities of, hey, what can we do? Can we use it? in sports? Can we use uh, some of these different outlets to get my kid's name out there and show what they're what they're capable of, what they can do? One of the things I loved uh, this past year that I did was the uh, Indigenous Bowl, the uh, Native American All-Star Football game. Great event, had all sorts of people come out. It got some national attention. Uh, they had a highlight on Sports Center and everything. Yeah. I mean, it was a cool deal. And the issue I had, though, was the game was an all-star game of seniors and all these kids that already graduated school and most of them that were going to play college football had already committed to a school. And I said, okay, that, that's great that they're having a great time, but when it's something like this or maybe we need to start another game of some sorts, be better suited for kids about to enter their senior year of yeah. some sorts. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get like, hey, let's call up these schools and say, hey, we got these native kids from around the country. They're about to enter their senior year and play a football game. You want to come check them out and see who stands out to you? To me, that would be even better. And, and maybe you can 
still have the, the senior bowl of some sorts, too. I'm not saying I mean, the two can coexist in some way, shape, or form, but that's what I'd like to see is that there just needs to be a better way to communicate and get this information about these kids out there. Uh, that's what really needs to happen, and it starts at home with the parents in actuality. Oh, yeah, 100%. A lot of times the parents just don't know, they're not educated, and um, but so much of, of it does come down to just, you know, putting yourself out there and uh, that it, yeah, you, you just, you just hit on so many good points. And I always feel like Indian country is about 10 years behind <laughs> everywhere else. So, um, as far as just like technology and things like that. And, um, We're running on Indian time. exactly, exactly. So there, there is a lot, definitely a lot. And I, um, but yeah, I still, I'm still encouraged and I'm still, I think, I think you are too, of course, that, you know, that there's a lot of, good uh to come and there's a lot of opportunity out there uh so before i let you go uh do you want to just tell me maybe do you have like a favorite uh native athlete well i'll uh i'll backtrack from that and uh, yeah play favorites but i know i'm I'm asking you to be not to be objective (laughs) right yeah exactly there are a couple guys who stand out uh around the uh, country when you when you look at the uh, professional sports scene, obviously Kyrie Irving is probably the biggest name right. among uh, native, native athletes right now. And, you know, he's about to have uh, his first year with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, um, you want to talk about old timers? Brett Brett Favre is uh, part of the Mississippi Choctaw tribe. Yeah, um, I mean he might be the biggest native athlete of all time when you think of terms wise. Uh, but those names on the pro sports side, Keenan Allen of the Chargers would be another one of those. Uh, one guy that we have here for the Chiefs that kind of you know, goes under the radar, James Winchester. He's the Chiefs' long snapper. He plays yeah. football at OU, and he is native. And, and James, I, I would consider a friend. I've gotten to know him the last few years. And James has got an incredible story. His dad played football at OU, and he carried on that legacy with the Chiefs. And a couple of years ago, his dad was working for Southwest Airlines in Oklahoma City, and uh, there was a shooting in Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Airport, and his dad got shot and died. Mm-hmm. And James went on to still play the very next week. And mm-hmm. as a long snapper, you're not going to make too many headlines. Right. That week, he had a fumble recovery and basically fueled the Chiefs' win. It totally changed things for the Chiefs that day with his fumble recovery that he that he was able to pick up. So after a terrible week, you know, probably the worst week of his life, he helped. Right. It was a big part of rallying his team to victory. So that was so cool. Oh, to that's see such James a great story. That moment like that. Yeah. yeah, just incredible. And you know, some of these others, when I think about the college in. A guy you saw, Mason Fine. Oh, yeah. He is an incredible athlete. He's going to have a shot at the National Football League. Um, probably the best non-Power 5 quarterback in the country. Uh, he is uh, he, he's terrific. Creed uh, Humphrey at OU, their starting center. He, he's just a sophomore, but he looks like he's ready to play in the NFL right now. He is a great yeah. guy. I'm looking forward to following him, and he's got a bright future. Uh, one kid that stands out to me just right here within our own backyard, Gavin Potter. He's a true freshman at the University of Kansas, and he actually went to my high school in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, believe it or not. 
Wow. And uh, he doesn't get to talk much to the media because they don't let the freshmen talk. Right. But this guy is going to be a star player. And he's part of the uh, Crick Nation of Oklahoma. And he's got a lot of charisma, a lot of swagger to him. He's one going to be watch out for for a long time. But those are some of the names that come up to my head. You know, when I think of guys in the past, you know, Bronson Caning was another big one that uh, all of Indian country just loved. Uh, he had a big shot in the NCAA tournament a couple of years back, went to back-to-back Final Fours. Uh, Bronson was, was great. The Schimmel sisters, of course, attracted a lot of attention over the years for what they did you know, at the college level at Louisville. And then, uh, of course, going to the WNBA after that. So those are kind of the names that come to mind, but there's been so many over the years. Uh, I mean, even you know, I went to the College World Series this year, and we got to cover a kid named Jordan Brewer. Yeah. Who, uh, played for the University of Michigan, was a Big Ten Player of the Year. Yeah. And picked up by the Houston Astros. I think he's going to make it in the majors and be a very good player. Humble as can be, very talented kid, and got a bright future. I mean, there's a lot of stars out there. And, and one of the things that, that talking to our readers and such, and, and you know, listeners in Indian sports, is that they, they, they always tell me, that I get this a lot, is that what you guys are doing by profiling these athletes, my kid can be inspired to know that somebody that looks like them can make it at that level. That somebody uh, that is from their background has a chance to get out of here and you know make it big and have the opportunity to have their college paid for or go make money in professional sports or have those opportunities that they can do that. That's an inspirational story to them that makes them believe that they can do what they're capable of doing, that uh, it's not impossible uh, to, to, to reach those goals and reach those limits. Uh, that, uh, that they're capable of doing that anywhere they come from. And so the fact that we can provide those stories and that message to those families that they can have, you know, a guy to look up to or a gal to look up to, uh, that's, that's what it's all about. That makes it totally worth it of what we do. Absolutely. Representation is so huge. And I, the future is so bright for, I think, all the native athletes kind of coming up now. I think um, there's a platform and there's outlets for them. And just, we're just waiting to tell our stories, you know. Um, so, Tyler, before you go, let us know where we can follow you on Twitter. What's, the, what's your handle and all that good stuff? Well, I'm on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Tyler Jones Live. Give me a follow, and I'd love to hear from you and uh, connect there. And uh, talking sports all the time, anywhere, anytime. Yeah. And definitely love being that head on social media and uh, just connecting with folks. My podcast comes out once a week. It's, uh, it's called The Jones Report. And, uh, I mean, yes, we have a you know, focus on things here in the Midwest, but – we talk national sports things as well, so you're, you should definitely be entertained. We, we definitely have don't take ourselves too seriously on the podcast every week. So uh, awesome. if you subscribe, it'd be greatly appreciated. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever your uh, podcast provider is, uh, certainly appreciate that. And then I'm on the radio in Lawrence uh, six days a week on KLWN, uh, and uh, certainly love doing that you know, every weekday morning. And, of course, contributing to IndianSports.com as well. So a yeah. lot going on. Certainly stay busy, but uh, it's a pleasure. It's great to talk to uh, you now. I know you're doing some incredible things uh, with your 
uh, you know, going through your doctorate and uh, the stuff that you're doing and, and writing some incredible pieces in this podcast and such, uh, uh, you, you got a bright future, and, and certainly uh, people need to take notice. Uh, I mean, that, uh, that, that art, like I mentioned earlier, that article you wrote this week was was very eye-opening and, and fantastic, and I hope more people get to see your work for uh, the stuff you got for, for years to come. Yeah, thank you so much. And hey, I hope we can uh, meet up at an event or collaborate on some stuff, more more things in the future, um, more podcasts, and you know all kinds of stuff down the down the road for sure. Absolutely, uh, no question about that. And uh, I think that this type of stuff, anytime that we all can get together, it only makes us better, only makes us grow more uh, for these type of ordeals, and so. Uh, these opportunities certainly I can't pass up on because uh, we, we all benefit from these type of ordeals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully we can uh, send some followers and listeners your way. Um, yeah, and I'll talk to you soon, Tyler. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Fast.